Hello everyone, it's the Shagilola Salami Show. It's a podcast show set in a virtual cafe and I'm your host Shagilola Salami. Um, you know, I keep saying it, 2019 is fast coming to an end. I'm really excited and looking forward to 2020 and I hope you're also looking forward to 2020 as well. I'm not a big believer of setting um, New Year resolutions. I just sort of make a plan of the things that I want to achieve and just sort of get, you know, start working towards it. So if you set New Year's resolution, what are your resolutions? If you've got any goals or plans for 2020, you know, I would be happy. I would love to hear of it. So do drop me a line at any time. Um, so to bat, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, like I said before, the show is set in a virtual cafe. Um, we talk about books, publishing, and we just like having a nice good banter. But I hope that at the end of each episode and today's episode as well, you'll learn something new, be motivated or inspired or at least be entertained. Um, so I always like for my guests to introduce themselves because I think they do a better job of it than I could. So who have I got with me in the virtual cafe today? Hi, my name is Brent Robbins and I am a enthusiastic world traveler since I was around uh, 21 years old. I traveled to over 40 countries on six different continents. Experiences, I wanted to share it with just more people than whom I talk to every day. So I have written a travel novel, uh, which shows uh, an American post-college grad's experiences in France, Japan, and Israel. I'm also very into satire, so uh, there is a lot of satire in the novel, and I, I often list the novel under humor. So the novel explores the power of international travel, why it's so valuable, and I, based on my experiences, I'm attempting to show what I've learned from all these travels. Interesting. Well, it's nice having you in the Virtue Cafe. And, you know, before I start, you know, interrogating you, because I'm thinking, you know, if you started traveling when you were 21, you know, how many, uh, how, how old are you? Like, how long has it taken you, um, you know, 40 countries? And how were you able to afford it? Like, that just sounds really expensive to me. But before we go into all of that, it is a virtual cafe. If you went to your regular cafe, you know, e.g. Starbucks, what would you normally have? What can I offer you virtually? <laughs> uh, I'll go with an iced mocha. <laughs> Yay! Most of the time, people always ask for a chai latte. It's <laughs> nice to have some, someone order something different. Iced mocha is quite hot. You know, I'm not in London at the moment. So I'm somewhere secret, just take it like that, but it's nice and warm. It is so hot that I think the heat is hot. Literally, right? I have to stay indoors all the time because I'm like, I've, I wanted to get away from the cold in London, right? And then I went somewhere that was just the complete opposite <laughs> and is, the heat is hot. That's, that's literally all I can say, right? The heat is hot. But my daughter, she actually loves it because, you know, she's a little girl. She's five years old. And for the first time, she can actually show off her pretty dresses because, you know, she wants to wear her dress in London. I'm like, yes, you've got to put this layer on and you've got to put like three layers on. And then at the end of the day, right, she's got this pretty dress and no one can see how pretty her dress is. So now she can actually show it off. So she's loving it. Right. And she says, mom, I don't want to go back to London again. <laughs> ah, I see. 
Yes. Um, so, yes, um, ice mocha. We will get that to you virtually. What pastries do you like or you don't, do you like any at all? Pastries. I'm definitely very bad with sweets. Um, I would probably get a, a cookie or something like that. Although Starbucks cookies are probably not my favorite. But yeah, something like that, I would say. Oh, cool. Cool. I, my, my favorite, and I think everyone who listens to the show regularly knows this, or they're probably tired of me saying it, but mine is hot chocolate and a plain croissant. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm very, I'm very easy like that. It doesn't take much to please me. Uh, but yes, back to you. Um, you've been traveling since you were 21, 40 countries, six continents. How did you afford it? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's really just been a, a little bit at a time. I was fortunate. I traveled through Europe quite a bit. Um, I studied in England. Uh, that was where I started all this. I studied at the University of York for one academic year. And as you probably know, you get pretty long, um, as you call them, holidays as a student. The, I think the, the spring holiday is around five weeks or so, which is longer than we get in the States. So I was able to do a lot of travel during that time. And then the Christmas holiday was around three weeks. So that's, that's a lot of time to explore Europe. And I was fortunate that my parents had enough money to, to fund those trips. I did stay in youth hostels and... Mm. I ate a lot of fast food to save money, which, of course, is not very healthy, but it, it does save a lot of money. So that was how I was able to do that. And then I taught English for a couple of years in Asia, uh, a couple of years in Korea, and then about three and a half months in Japan. So really about two and a half years teaching English. And then on my breaks in between contracts or after I was done, I traveled around Asia a lot. And the, uh, the pay for teaching English in Korea was, was pretty good. I got a free apartment, and I didn't have a car, and I was able to save quite a bit each month. So that funded my travel through Asia. And then after that, it was just been mostly an international trip roughly each year since for the last uh, eight or nine years or so. And so that just comes from my savings from my, my day job. So it's kind of a little bit of a tie, but you're right. It is very expensive. Uh, I don't have any kids, and I haven't been married, so that's part of the reason I've been able to do it. Yep. Okay. So I understand, you know, traveling through Europe when you were at university and, you know, going teaching. It was something I actually did consider uh, at one point um, as well. But what? why did you want to, do, right, right. to travel so much? I just really enjoy that you uh, liked about seeing other traveling? cultures and seeing what's either similar or different to mine even if they're just small things. So in England, obviously the language is, is mostly the same, but there's still yeah. different things that I find fascinating. For example, um, when you open the door for somebody, they often say cheers, whereas we don't say that in the US. So that's very interesting to me. Or some of your expressions are, are very interesting to me, like blimey, I, I really like that yeah. expression and we, we don't say that in the US. <laughs> So just all these things, or my last trip, <laughs> not my last trip, actually, my second to last trip uh, was to three of the, the Stan countries in Central Asia, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and Kyrgyzstan. And in Uzbekistan, these young children, they would just walk right up to us and say hello. Maybe they wanted to practice their English, but still very friendly. And that's fascinating to me because you don't see that everywhere. And every experience, it forces me to examine who I am. Uh, do I fit into this culture and why or why not? So I feel like I've learned so much about myself and my culture from all these different experiences. Yeah, that would, that's what I would say. 
Okay. Um, so would I guess because you you want more people to learn about you know your experiences. Right. So the title of the book is the perfect book. culture. What's the name of your book and again? He, basically, the protagonist in the novel is trying to find paradise, and so uh, he goes to these three places, uh, at least looking for paradise, trying to find the, the perfect culture for him. So that's yeah, that's the main idea. Okay, so why do you think traveling and exploring other cultures is important? I mean, I like it. It's something that I've always wanted to do, but never got around to doing it. But I would, I'm quite interested. What, what do you um, think? I think it's important what, because what it important? You, I think you learn so much more about your own culture uh, by being able to compare it to others. So, for example, as I mentioned, uh, England was one of my first travel experiences. And even then, even though the language is mostly the same, uh, overall, the culture, I would say, is quite a bit more formal in England compared to the U.S. So that teaches me something right there, that in the U.S. we're, we're kind of casual in comparison. And then I go to some other countries, and yeah, yeah. And then, so I, I went to Japan shortly after that, another example really? of an extremely formal culture that tells me, okay, Americans are probably pretty casual. Now, I've been to other places that are also casual. For example, say the Netherlands or Sweden or someplace like that. So it tells me the U.S. is not the only place that is casual. But if I have to place it on a scale of casual to formal, I would definitely put us at least in, in the middle at the minimum and possibly a little bit towards the casual end. So that's why I think it's very useful because you see a lot about your culture. And I think uh, in politics, for example, yeah. some politicians have made mistakes uh, from lack of travel. So this maybe is a an extreme example or a bad example, but the, the, the Iraq war back in 2003, at that time, uh, President George W. Bush, he thought that it, he could build this democracy in Iraq and it was going to be so simple. They're just going to overthrow the government and boom, you have a democracy. And I, I think part of one of the reasons for this mistaken thinking is a lack of travel. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. So, do you, I guess you would say, you know, if definitely traveling has made you better, what advice would you give? See, I've always wanted to, and I know that I've been quite limited in terms of the places that I've been to. And I know that traveling and exploring more cultures um, is important to me, especially for my daughter, because I think the world is a global marketplace. And the only way you can work or trade with others you mm -hmm. know, is to understand a little bit about where um, they're coming from. So what tips do you give to someone who is kind of like me, who hopes to travel and hasn't really found <laughs> the opportunity, found the time, the heavens, the planets haven't aligned properly yet and made it possible to go traveling like what tips would you get so in terms of money and i know you mentioned you've been you have been seen on fast food you know which wasn't healthy but definitely helped saving you um in saving you money the thing that i also picked from what you said earlier on was teaching english in asia <laughs> and again something mm -hmm. i did look at once but the heavens the planets nothing aligned and it didn't go through. so if someone wants to consider that as um an avenue to help them go traveling, 
what are the things you learned from doing that? So for teaching English? You, would, you know, that you think people might listening might find beneficial. Yeah, okay. One yeah, of the things I would say is just research uh, where you're going to teach, um, even like the specific schools. There are websites that may have different uh, ratings or experiences from people. There are, well, as anywhere, there are, there are good and bad employers, and hopefully you want to avoid a really bad employer. So that would definitely be important for teaching English. You need to find out if you need any kind of certification. Uh, where I taught, you don't, as long as you're a native English speaker and you have a bachelor's degree, but there are some places where you need what they call a TEFL, Certificate Teaching English as a Foreign Language. So make sure you know the requirements. I'm sorry. Mm. Quick one, quick one. Yeah, sorry, quick one. Which country was that that didn't need you to have? Right, I think uh, that was South Korea. Which because South Korea has so many teaching, teaching jobs for English. There's just so much demand for English there that they can't require the certificate or they, would, they wouldn't have nearly enough teachers. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's quite interesting. And how... Um, What's the word I'm looking for now? How easy is it good to get employer. a good employer? I would say there. it's definitely possible to get a, a decent one. Uh, I guess it depends how you define a good employer. Um, at least one that isn't going to make your life um, a nightmare, I would say. That's definitely very plausible. Um, yeah, so there, there are cultural differences when you're working in different places. So that is definitely something you have to deal with and can be an adjustment. But... Yeah, I would say it's definitely possible to get an employer that makes your stay doable. But I guess a, a good employer, that's a little bit subjective. Everybody has kind of different expectations, what they consider to be a good employer. Yeah, but at least it's nice to know that, you know, if someone doesn't have a teaching qualification, um, you know, South Korea, you know, as at a time you've gone you know, you've thought there, they didn't need you to have a teaching certificate. So that can be an opportunity yeah. for someone who's thinking about it. And yeah, that's absolutely. one less hurdle for the person to cross, you know, to get to South Korea. What about sure. Japan? What, um, what were your I would say it was definitely very Japan? interesting. Japan is very unique. And that's one of the reasons why I chose it as one of the three places to focus on in my novel. It's very unique. The history is fascinating. There's just a lot of unique things in Japan you don't have anywhere else. For example, geisha, sumo wrestlers. Um, those are just the tea ceremony that they have. There's just, I could go on and on. It's very unique culture mm. and the history is very interesting. Now, Japan is extremely formal and for me that was a challenge because I'm not very formal. I'm very much on the casual end. And they're very indirect in Japan, and I'm very direct. So those aspects of Japan made it very challenging for me. But I still did enjoy the experience, but it's not my favorite place that I've ever been in terms of how well it fits my uh, personality, I would say. Okay. So just out of curiosity, and I always like to chat to people who have been to Japan because I find that it broadens my knowledge more than what I would find on the internet. So Japan was actually one of the countries I thought about taking my daughter to school in, just because, you know, from what it says on the internet, Japan has one of the best, if not the best 
education system for kids. So then I was doing a lot of research thinking, okay, this is all good, you know, how do I go? And I was like, and then one of the things that I found, you know, is that Jeff, they don't like foreigners because they think we don't know how to recycle. And that is possibly very correct. Um, but then I think because of that, they don't like renting to foreigners. So I'm like, oh, oh, well, great. So if I can't get a, an accommodation somewhere to stay, then there's no hope in going right. to so, find them. <clears throat> the so company I that I taught mind. for How provided did you our find that? So I didn't have to go through the process of finding a place to live. That is. I would say that that is true, that there is some suspicion okay. of foreigners. They are extremely polite, so I don't think a lot of it is to your face. But so it's more hidden. But yes, I would say that is definitely true. It's not a lot of it is the most welcoming country in the world for foreigners. That I certainly found that to be true. Oh, okay, interesting. Because you know, you read all these things on the internet, and you're never really sure. Is it are people exaggerating? You know, or you know, do you want to just give a a quote? And then I met someone else. You know, a few months back. And we had, you know, this conversation and it goes, yeah, it's above, you know, it's for everyone. They just don't like anybody. I'm like, oh, shame, you know, this would have been a great place, you know, for my daughter to learn. Um, but yes, okay, cool. So it's, right. I think, you know, you've definitely benefited a lot from all your travels. Uh, well, I went to several Asian, Asian countries. I taught, I only taught in Japan and South Korea, but. In terms of just shorter trips, I, I went to several Asian countries. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. So if we are going to summarize, uh, what are the tips you would give to I would just say today? that uh, if you can, try and travel and explore other countries. It is definitely... Uh, not cheap, and sometimes it's it's not possible when there's other commitments with kids or or whatever other commitments people have going on. So I realize it can't always be done, but I would say uh, whenever you can, maybe when you're retired or whenever circumstances permit, I think it's uh, a great experience to have, and you learn a lot about yourself and your culture and, and the rest of the world. It's a big place out there, and so I think while we're here during our lives, it's it's good to to see what else is out there beyond your immediate borders yeah okay awesome thank you so very much um it's definitely been an enlightening conversation and i hope you will consider coming okay, back okay sounds great yeah thanks so much for having me on in the future maybe if you've written a second book And if, my, if someone wanted to connect with you, you know, they'd be like, oh, yes, you know what, Brent sounds like an interesting person that I want to learn sure. more so about. Sure, so I would, the first place you know, the that I would that start is my website, How can they connect and with you? that is b-r-e-n-t-r-o-b-i-n-s author.com. Again, that's brentrobbinsauthor.com, all one word. My website has quite a bit of information. It has my book and information about the book and where you can find the book find the book in most of the usual places um, amazon there's also an audiobook so that's available on audible and some of the other usual audiobook retailers i also have a description uh, 
on Amazon and author page on Amazon. I'm on Goodreads, Twitter, Facebook, all the usual social media spots. But I think my website is the best place to start. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. Um, Thanks, bye-bye. Until next time, it is the show. And that brings us to the end of today's episode of the Shagilola Salami Show. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's episode. Um, I would really appreciate it if you would consider leaving a review of the show because it sort of helps me know what I'm doing right, what I'm not doing so right, and what I need to improve. Um, if you know anyone else who would benefit um, or who would enjoy the show, please do share the show with everyone in your network. Thank you very much. And until next time, again, it is the Shagilola Salami Show. Bye now.